0: If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in this episode, I thought we haven't covered the subject of selling and money really, and without selling, without income, we don't have a business. So over the next few solo podcasts, I'm going to be recording a series of content which discusses and gives you practical advice. And I will also talk you through how I do it, how we sell ourselves, our services, our ideas, and how we overcome rejection. I know lots of people struggle with this. I have struggled with this in the past, but without selling our services, we don't have a job. We don't have a business. We can't eat. We can't pay our mortgages or our rent. And if we can't sell ourselves, you won't get that job. People won't want to work with you. You'll find it hard to connect with people if if you fail to master the art of selling yourself and your ideas. So during this podcast, and it it is going to be a little bit longer than our usual solo ones. I'm going to talk a lot about myself only to give you a real tangible example of how I do it, of how I position it, of how I get over the hurdles. I can talk about other clients, but in this instance, I think it's very helpful, and very powerful for you to hear it from me, from the horse's mouth. So let's start In this podcast, we're going to cover my background of running a consultancy, the fear of selling and why we buy, valuing your own and other people's expertise, and how to show somebody your credentials and expertise to help you make the sale. For those of you that may not be aware, I run a consultancy called THC Primary Care and we specialise in working with primary care networks, general practices, GP federations and we provide business consultancy and interim project and network support. We also work with healthcare entrepreneurs and people wanting to establish a service in the field of health in the form of consultancy calls and coaching. So we've been going for almost six years and to date I have banked over 930k's worth of sales. I have a couple of employees, we now work from home and we deliver our services virtually. Before the pandemic I would meet, with, I would go on site with my clients, I would have meetings with them but I would still typically do the admin and, you know, the work and the emails and the reports from my office because I'm more productive there. And quite often there was never anywhere for me to sit. So it it worked out quite well. So before we entered into the world of primary care networks, I established what we used to be called as Tara Humphrey Consulting Limited, and that is our official name. I started helping training hubs and I set up seven from scratch and we worked with 11 in total. So my background is in training hubs. They were formerly known as community education provider networks and I pivoted into working with primary care networks and along with working with those networks we've also had contracts with Health Education England and NHS England. I would say currently 90% of our business is generated via word of mouth and 10% through our online and social presence. And the problem that we solve ultimately is time. Our clients just don't have the time to run their primary care network or to deliver a specific project or service as efficiently and as effectively as they would like to. And that causes them stress, frustration, they make mistakes. It just doesn't get done. They make promises to their CCGs, and then it doesn't happen. And as leaders, their primary care network and colleagues look to them for answers and solutions, and they just they just don't have the headspace. So what we give them back is that time, that headspace. We offer them support, and because we've worked with so many primary care networks, so I think we've worked with twelve primary care networks today, eleven training hubs when they work with us they're getting so much experience it's likely very likely i have experienced the challenge that they have experienced before and i have got a variety of ways and insights and contacts to help us figure it out and our clients typically come to us if they've struggled to recruit a project manager or a primary care network manager because They just don't have the time to invest in creating a really good job description or training. Sometimes they've recruited somebody, then they've left quite quickly because the support, the infrastructure, the direction isn't there. So sometimes we are that service that will come in um, to help them recruit the next manager. And I love doing that and training them up. Sometimes we deliver the project or we oversee the operational running of the network for a duration of time until they're ready to recruit and they've really got the time to support somebody. So that is what we do. I've told you how long we've been going for. I've told you how much sales we have generated. And I've also shared with you how we get our business. And that is through word of mouth. So throughout this podcast, I'm going to invite you to think about these questions along with my examples. So what do you do? How well can you articulate it? How long have you been providing your service? What is the current most popular channel for you to receive business? Write this stuff down as well. Don't just hold it in your head because you'll need it as you work through these podcasts to help you feel more confident with selling as we move forward. So I've given you my credentials a little bit. I'll come on to more of that. Now I want us to talk about the fear of selling and why we buy, but let's start with the fear of selling. I think, and I've experienced this before, we don't want to come across as salesy. I'll never forget when I did my MBA our strategy lecturer said you want to be wary of consultancy, steal your watch and tell you the time. And I, I, <laughs> he was our strategy consultant. And I remember thinking, well, I don't want to be that consultant. I don't want to be that person that may tell you something you already know and charge you. Like I don't want to be that person. I don't want anybody to walk away and feel like that was a waste of money. I want to over deliver like so much. I want to blow people away. I don't want to ask. I don't want to annoy them. And I think we just get scared. What if we give our price and then they say, how much? You're like, that's a joke. (laughs) Like you don't ever want to abuse the position that you are in. I definitely find that in the position that I'm in. I straddle both being an entrepreneur and I've got an NHS email and I'm seen as an NHS employee to anybody that can see my email, but I, I'm not, I'm a consultant. I really respect the relationships I have. And I never want, I never want to abuse that. Otherwise my business is in the toilet. So there's lots of fears there. And I know that you guys will share some of them as well. You just, you just don't want to ask. You want to ask, but you don't have the courage to ask. (laughs) And a lot of time people expect it for free. And we'll talk about this as well. And I think when you work in the NHS, because you've got your main income stream, your main salary, people ask you to speak, ask you to come to various meetings, ask you to take on projects without the expectation that you should be paid. Unless you are a clinician, there is a hierarchy. So if you're a GP and i tend to work with gps if they are a portfolio gp they get paid for each of their roles but if you are a manager the expectation is that you shouldn't that you don't you just you you just keep getting kind of dumped upon and that you shouldn't be a portfolio manager and have various income streams correct me if i'm wrong please do but in my sphere of work there does tend to be that hierarchy where the clinician gets paid for being a clinical director but if you've got a practice manager that is also the network manager they do not get paid for also being a network manager the expectation is they find the time in their current role i digress <laughs> i digress so lots of people fear so lots of people fear asking for the sale and i've got some questions i would like you to consider and that the first question is do you think it's okay for you or your partner or your friend or your brother, or your sister, or your best friend to go to work every day? They may work 16 to 50 hours a week and not get paid. Do you think that that's okay? Would you say yes, work full-time, work part-time and do not, you know, how dare you ask for a salary or to get paid? So that's the first question. I'm hoping you're going to say no, Tara. Tara. It is not okay for me or my partner or my friend or a colleague to work for free. I've got a question for those of you that are in a management or hiring um, position. Do you expect your team to turn up for work every day and not pay them a salary? I hope the answer is no. I expect to pay my team. Do you expect your accountant to process your end-of-year tax return for free? Would you expect the plumber to come round, spend hours and hours fixing your pipes and your water problem and not be expected to be paid? Would you expect to hire a locum and not pay them? Would you expect to walk into Tesco's or, you know, virtually (laughs) do your shopping online and check out or walk out without paying for those goods. You just wouldn't. We wouldn't. We wouldn't like it. We don't like it when people do not value what we have to offer. Whether you are a consultant or whether you are an employed member of staff, it doesn't feel good and you wouldn't tolerate it and we in turn shouldn't expect to not to pay other people. The majority of us have some sort of living expense, whether that is rent, whether that is a mortgage, whether that's food bills, whether that's the clothes we wear, whether that's mobile phone, the internet, we may have children, they need school uniforms, they need to eat, we may have a car, you get the gist, we need money to live. And Everybody has got something that they can exchange for money and that is okay. That is the way the world works and I'm not talking about volunteers here. This is the Business of Healthcare podcast where we talk about business. (laughs) I touched slightly upon this where I interviewed Claire Fuller who specializes in providing lasting power of attorney advice and guidance. And that I think I said to her, I I like paying for services. There's no reason why I shouldn't, unless it is explicitly free and there's so much free stuff out there. But there will come a point where you want more and I pay for a personal trainer, I pay for a business coach, I pay for a health coach, I had someone to come round and fix our oven over Christmas. I expect to pay. Now I can choose to work all this stuff out by myself, and I can read books and listen to podcasts and I can use tech and I can follow YouTube videos and buy magazines. but there will come a point where you either want convenience and you want to save time, you may just you need help. You need specific, tailored expert advice, which applies to you. You may need some accountability. You may need someone to tell you what is the problem. My oven is broken. What is wrong with it? And then now can you fix it? Or you want somebody to do it for you or alongside you. Now we all value different things and we all have like real and self imposed budgets on what we can afford. The essence of this podcast is how to get over your fear of selling. And I hope that me sharing this is helpful. If you're providing a service of value and you're being honest and you deliver, you should never feel scared, ashamed, reluctant to ask to be paid. And I'm saying this to you as a business owner. Now, want to move on to how can you showcase your credentials and expertise before asking for the sale? Okay, so I've talked to you about why it's okay to sell. Now, no one likes being sold to. So if I didn't know you and I walked up to you or we got on a Zoom call and I was like, hi, my name's Tara and this is how much my services cost. You know, I'm not going to speak to you unless you pay me. You're going to be like, bye, see ya. Like no one likes that hard hitting sales. It's just no small talk, no chit chat, no value just I'm only interested in whether you're going to buy from me and if not like move on and I know you would never ever 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 dream of doing that but how do we showcase our credentials how can we provide value and give things away for free without giving so much away for free that people don't need to buy from you because you've given it all away So you can do this through writing and sharing your thought leadership, you can provide resources and tools, you can guest speak at an event, you can have your own podcast or you can go on other people's podcasts or what I often get asked to do is someone will say can you attend a meeting and you get like 15 minutes and so you have a slot at a meeting testimonials are really really powerful I can tell you all day long how good I think I am but it means so much more when a paying client voluntarily shares what they got from working with me or got what they got from working with you you can showcase your education and training you can showcase the work that you're doing through case studies. You can share tips and advice on social media. Um, I'm part of lots of WhatsApp groups and there are certain people in there that are so helpful. So you can share your expertise and advice in WhatsApp groups. And that's just that's just to name a few. So there's lots you can do, which is part of your marketing, which is part of your sales process to help people to give confidence to other people that you know your stuff that you know what you're doing and if they invest in you they are going to get the results that they desire. So I will quickly share um, what we do at THC. So in regards to writing I have a regular blog we've produced over 190 blogs They cover my thought leadership insights, project management and kind of operational management, health and advice. And we've got a specific section for primary care networks where we provide really, really tactical, you know, how to do X, how to do Y. And I generally really like it. And in one podcast, I can't remember, I said I wasn't going to blog anymore. And it's like, I generally like it. It's really helpful. It serves as a diary to me. I look back at my own blogs and they tell me what to do. So they really, really are helpful in documenting what you know, documenting what you've learnt. Our blog traffic has never been very high, but it was only when I said I'm going to stop doing it we started to see increased engagement and in that same week I got asked to contribute to a book so a few people read it and take it on board our PCN resources content gets a lot of traffic lots of people are interested in that so it's about finding your flow finding what your audience really likes like people still read blogs and we've won business from our blog you also provide free tools and they, some of those are accompanied by video instructions. So if you read the blog and you may not ever listen to the podcast, it's how do you get to know me? How do you know what you're getting when you're going to work with me? So being on a video is a really great way for people to see you, to get to know your style and to see you in action. So we've got our free resources accompanied by video instructions. And our Fishbone resource is like our most popular resource. People really, really like that. So we will leave a link to that in the show notes so you can see what I mean. We send a weekly newsletter to summarize the key content that we've released um, that week, along with some further advice that we only share in the newsletter. Now, our newsletter goes out weekly and it took me ages to get down to weekly. Cause it was like monthly then every three weeks and every two weeks and every week and I remember saying to Katie like right I'm gonna I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it because you don't want to feel like you're bothering people you don't want I know how many emails like, I get like I can imagine how many emails you get you know I don't want to clog it up but it's absolutely fine. Not everybody reads it, but it's a little reminder. And also you guys are really busy. So it's, this is what's been going on in THC this week. Click here, here and here to see what's going on um, with some, uh, you know, like a personal insight of what's going on behind the scenes that week. Some people send a daily email. I'm I'm not going to do that to you guys. <laughs> not yet anyway. These are all little reminders to say like we're here, we have to promote ourselves. We have fantastic word of mouth, but we have to we have to do the work, we have to show up. Now, testimonials, we have loads and we we do ask for them sometimes, but I think probably eighty percent of the testimonials we get are just people just emailing us or people just saying, just paying us compliments, saying not just like Tara, you're really nice, it's great to work with you like you help us. You've helped us do X, Y, and Z. You get the project done and we trust you. Like it's so, so powerful. So that is another way you guys can showcase your credentials, showcase how you're supporting other people through your testimonials. Case studies and stories are the same. And then we also share our expertise on a podcast like this. This take producing this podcast, we do two every week, we have to pay to host the podcast on Libsyn, Katie edits some, we also have a podcast editor, we've got show notes, like it's, it's full-on production, it takes a lot of time, this is another way we showcase and it's part of our marketing, and again, I really like it, I'll come on to this, but I just want to do it now, All of the stuff I'm listing, like I really like doing it. I like writing. Even when not many people read the blog, I still blogged. I still really, really enjoy it. I love doing the podcast. And I hope that you hear that in when I'm talking to you. Like none of this stuff is a chore for me. So it's easy to sell when you're doing things you genuinely enjoy. And then lastly, I have the qualifications and the professional development. So, <laughs> so I am going to blow my own trumpet. Um I have an MBA, and that is the highest business qualification somebody can have. And I received a distinction for that. I didn't just scrape through it. I got a distinction. I did that. Three kids at one point. I had three under five. I was starting this new business, and most of my colleagues chucked away. They couldn't wait to finish their MBA. I would honestly do another one. And obviously you can't see me, but in my office, I've got two black cabinets full of my MBA folders, books, assignments. I still look at them. It is not a course that I just wanted to get done. And I don't draw on that knowledge anymore. Like I'm, I'm building on it all the time that was three years. I also have an undergraduate degree in business and marketing. That was another three years. For probably around seven years, I've been working with business coaches and business mentors. So I pay somebody to help me run my business and to help me overcome problems of selling and help me become a better leader and really help me become as productive as I can do. And to provide me with that sounding board to overcome problems and challenges. And they can share with me how they have built their business. I've got my Prince 2 qualification. I've done countless leadership courses. I'm trained in quality improvement and the Stump's deployment infantry with, through NHS England. I listen to podcasts galore. I'm constantly reading. And all of that shines through in my job. I would not have been able to generate and bank almost a million pounds if I did not take pride in my work and want to be the best that I could be. So I invest heavily in my education and training. And I know you guys are the same. You love your job and you've done so much education and training, which you're really, really proud of. And you need to highlight that to your clients to let them know they're getting the best of the best. I say to people in the field of primary care, they have protected learning time where GPs and nurses meet monthly because they have to evidence their education to keep their registration. I, I don't have to do that because I'm not, my profession isn't regulated in that way, but I choose to do that. I have my own protected learning time to make sure my clients are getting the best of the best. And now we come on to showcasing your track record with your clients. We've worked with 11 primary care networks, 12 training hubs, three GP federations, NHS England, Health Education England. Our services have impacted over 2 million patients. We've worked with over 450 practices you know, our knowledge and experience is up to date. Like I am down in the trenches. So I'm not the consultant that has done it. And now I don't do it anymore. And I just tell you how to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't do that. I am a network manager. I am working in primary care. So my knowledge is up to date. I've got my finger on the pulse. I'm having conversations about COVID vaccinations and trying to recruit under the additional roles reimbursement scheme, trying to embed new roles, trying to get eight practices to work together. So I invite you to think about how you can showcase your credentials and your expertise. And sometimes you don't even need to showcase them, you just need to tell it to yourself to give you the confidence to sell. So I don't walk around going, I've got an MBA and it was a distinction and I've worked with this and I've done that. But sometimes I need that confidence. I need to give myself that internal pep talk to say, Tara, you know what you're doing? You really do. You're not making this stuff up. The evidence is clear. So sometimes the evidence is to yourself versus your client. Now, with all of the value that we give away for free to help you with your buying decision, When the time comes for me to say, you know, you listen to the podcast, you love our newsletters, you read our blogs, you've downloaded our resources, you've seen me on social media. So, you know, you know, like, you know what you're getting, you know, I've worked with a colleague down the road from you. They say that we're good. Now we've got two paid services. We provide interim primary care network management, or we provide coaching calls for healthcare professionals. And I feel confident selling that and telling you that on the podcast because I love what we do. We deliver and most importantly, clients are happy we provide, and we provide a service that our clients gen- genuinely need. So I hope this podcast resonates with you, whether you are trying to sell your services or whether you are in the position to pay for services. And I will add, if you are in the position to pay for somebody's services, but they may be on their hourly rate, is more than yours. So this has come up a few times with myself and with lots of colleagues I know, that someone will say, she's paid more than me. Like, uh, no way. Like, no, I'll do it. (laughs) I'll do it. But then you don't get paid because your network manager doesn't want to pay you because they feel they can fit it into your job. So that has come up. And what I would say to that is the expertise is different. You're not paying somebody more than you to come in and do your job. You're paying somebody with a slightly different skill set, a different set of experience to come and help you if they are a consultant or in an interim role, they don't have the job security. You don't have the corporation tax. You're not paying employees out of your own pocket. You get sick pay. So all of that comes into the cost of a service. Bringing somebody in it doesn't pose a threat to your role. That person is there to help you. They want to help you. They're not going to be there full time. And I said, to, I used to say to somebody, sometimes being a consultant, as much as I absolutely love it, sometimes it does feel like I'm on a never ending episode of The Apprentice, <laughs> like because you always have to prove yourself. And in hiring somebody that may be on a little bit more than you, doesn't take anything away from you. So my business coach charges like four times that I I charge. I don't not hire her because I don't get paid that much. I want the best that I can afford. And another thing people object to, and this happened with a friend of mine, Ryan, who is a primary care network manager, was coming in on an interim basis that people felt like not only is he on more than me, but he's asking for help. He's asking me questions. Like if he's on more than me, he should know everything. And again, it's like you wouldn't hire an electrician and not allow that person to speak to you. They've got some questions to find out the situation. So I hope that makes sense. And that for those of you in a situation where you may be have the opportunity to hire somebody, but it feels a little bit just annoying. Like they're on that little bit more than me. They have different ex a different expenditure because they are a consultant and they have different expertise and they're there to help you. They have to help you. They want to help you because it's their job. It's their business. And if you're not happy, you'll let them know and they will take that away and on board and learn the lesson for the next client. So I'll stop labouring that point. (laughs) I hope you found this episode helpful. I really, really do. If it resonated with you, if you are a healthcare professional and you require some dedicated one-to-one support to help you work through some of these challenges around building your business or selling your services, I'd love to help you. If you want to work with me, if you click in the show notes, work with me, that will take you through to our sales page. We'll see a breakdown and structure of our consulting call and you, you can sign up there and then to work with me and book some time directly in my calendar. So there you go, folks, I just sold. And before the next episode, I'm going to give you some homework and that homework is to succinctly articulate what you do and the problem that you solve. Ready for podcast 101, where I will talk you through how to sell with confidence. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review. newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.